Today's episode is sponsored by you, my Patreon subscribers. Join the family by visiting patreon.com forward slash Nalini Tranquim. Oh my goodness, you are about to be a fly on the wall in a power-packed conversation with a darling friend of mine, the founder and CEO of The Working Woman's Food in Los Angeles, California, Patricia Gamboa, where we are going to delve into living life at choice level. So my question to you is, are you waiting for permission to do what's on the inside of you? Let's face it, in the Western world, there is no such thing as initiation into adulthood, apart from official drinks down the pub when the body clock strikes 18. So at what point do we transition from the child who seeks permission to the adult who gives it? If you feel as though you're still waiting for some kind of go-ahead to live your life, I believe this interview will completely liberate you. Buckle in and enjoy. Hello, Patty Gamboa. How are you, sweetheart? Good. I, um, long day. I haven't gotten out of, I, I didn't go for like my midday walk today. Oh. I've been in these walls the entire time. The entire day. Yeah. So, yeah. um, anyway. like, like many across the globe right now. Yes. Yeah, I hear you. So we had a brief conversation this week and yep. it kind of set the ball in motion for us to have this conversation today. And you said, yes, I've got one thing I want to bring to the table and it's on the topic of permission. Permission has been something that's really been um, top of mind for me. Um, and it, um, well, it's, I think comes out of two things. So most recently, um, we just, uh, the United States just had our elections and about a month before I voted, cause I had my ballot about, uh, about three weeks before I actually like, like took my ballot in and all that. So right. I was holding on to my ballot for a while. Okay. And, um, it's just been a very tough, um, election season. Like yeah. I'm not the only person to say this, I stopped watching the news altogether. I was very mindful of how I was consuming social media. You know, it's yeah. just, it was very divisive. Yeah. And if you don't watch it, you, you're, you will feel just the, the overwhelm and the stress and everything that comes, that, that'll suck you in. So, oh. um, yes, yeah, so it's not been the easiest thing, but really interesting, um, thing that happened, uh, about a month before I put my ballot in to vote, um, I applied for a business line of credit for my company. Right. Yeah. And it was as simple as I knew who my bank manager was. Like I know her by name. I have her phone number. I have her email. I shot her an email. And the only thing I said was I need to get a loan for $50,000. That's the only thing the email said. Right. And she writes back to me, well, do you want a loan or do you want a line of credit? And I'm like, Oh, okay. So we go through this process with her. And when I finally put in my, my application for the line of credit and, you know, like all the documentation and it's COVID. So everything's got to be done online. Um, when I hit submit on all that, I had a moment to think about, it was only in 1972 that women were allowed to do that in this country. Wow. So women were only really allowed to borrow money for any reason whatsoever in their own name in 1972. I was born in 1980. 
Wow. So that's how recent that was. Recent. Okay, I, just gave my, I just gave my age You away. gave it away, girl. <laughs> you just gave it away. <laughs> okay, so, that is so recent. That is so very recent. And the thought that I had was, how incredibly lucky am I that I didn't have to bring my dad to the bank so yeah. that he can vouch for my business acumen that I wow. will at some point pay the $50,000 back. Right. Because I have a business plan. I, I know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a, I, I have a history of, I have a history of profitability, you know, like, yeah. And so, um, that to me was pretty amazing. And it made me stop. I think what else do, do we, I haven't, I do, what is, what else is there that I don't have to ask for permission for anymore? Wow. And I wow. think what's happened is that, um, we women have a knee-jerk reaction, a cultural conditioning where we won't bring ourselves to the tables because we're waiting for someone to either invite us or to allow us in. Yeah, but you know what? I think it I think it even applies to the men. I know even for mm-hmm. Sandro, you know, being the father of two boys. Yeah. He's had this like real prominent sense to ensure that he is distilling in his boys, his growing men, that they have got what it takes. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember when we, we had this conversation last week, I said to you, isn't it interesting how you go from living under the need to get permission from mom and dad, your whole childhood mm-hmm. life, yeah. to suddenly you're an adult and you now need to make decisions for yourself and there's yourself. no one to get permission from. Right. Yeah. And we lean on our cultural conditioning. We lean on our biases. We lean in on what is safe because we feel that we sort of need a gatekeeper to tell us that it's okay. You can pass through to the next stage. Yeah. But what if we just shifted our paradigm a little bit and said, but I am the gatekeeper. Hmm. Who else is there? Yeah. You know, uh, we, I believe that we are all very significant beings. I mean, we are the only, only being in the entire animal kingdom that, okay, let's put it this way. We are the only beings in the animal kingdom can stop and reflect on what happened yesterday and dream about what we want for tomorrow. For tomorrow, 100%. Cows don't have that, last I checked. Um, and it's this idea too, that if we even took that a little bit further, we are the only beings, man and woman, um, that will have to culturally speaking, and I'm sure they had this, you know, way back in the cave in the, like in, in the, like paleontology, like the, the cave era, that's not what it's called, but you know what I'm saying? The cave and, era. We'll um, go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Something in like Cro-Magnon, something like way, way over there. For sure, they were standing upright, okay? For sure, they were standing on their legs with a straight back. They were painting on caves and they had fire. Those guys. So from them up to here, up to where we are, we have one way or the other 
to give a eulogy or a tribute to somebody who has died. And isn't that a way for us to make a defense for someone's life? Like this person's life matters. So I, who loves this person, am going to do that. And it's this, I think it's this place where we get to do that because we are, we are thinking, believing and action driven beings. Yeah. And God had made it that way. Right. Yeah. And so it's this thing where if at the end of the day, some, one of my loved ones is going to stand there on a pulpit somewhere and honor my remains and honor my memory. Yeah. Wouldn't I want to give them something worth defending my life over? And wouldn't I want to give them something that I decided and not that somebody had decided for me? Wow. I mean, somebody's going to go and defend my end of life anyway. You know, it's part of culture. And no matter where you are, in whichever corner of the world you are in, it's part of, it's, it's part of our, it's part of humanity's makeup to honor somebody when they died. 100%. And wouldn't you as the person's deceased give the person who's honoring you reason to do so? I mean, can you imagine if the eulogy was, and here lies Nalini Tranquim, who did nothing because she was waiting for permission? In so many words, yeah. Instead, you are musician, artist, creator, author, wife, mom, friend, a world traveler, you know, church builder. I can keep going. Um, I just don't have enough fingers. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. But you made all of that. That's right. And it had to come with making conscious decisions. Yes. And with that comes then the need to embrace the risk of mistake, the risk of error, the risk of failure. Yes. Fear, um, uncertainty. Yeah. Um, you just, I think it's this, it's this almost this thing that just go for it. Yeah. I agree. Overcomplicate things. Like, um, I once saw this meme on Instagram and it was like, the, the picture was don't feed the bears. And then underneath the caption said something like, um, when you feed your thoughts, you're feeding the animals. You know, it, this wow. yeah, that, like, it's so funny. So like, don't feed the animals. Don't feed your thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's almost adding fuel to the fire. And yeah. Um, yeah so this permission, wow. um, this place really comes from somewhere inside. Yeah. And we, when we practice our, um, our internal locus of control, like agency, Yep. The thing where he says, if I go over there, I'm going to discover something good, bad, yep. or indifferent, yep. and it's going to be meaningful. That's when, that's when life gets interesting. Yeah, wow. I mean, we're, it's one death per person. You might as well make, it, make, make exactly. your funeral interesting. Exactly. Make it count. That's exactly right. right. So what right. do you say to the person who has lived their whole adult life? regardless Mm -hmm. of how long that is, almost waiting for that sense of permission to be able to do what may to them seem like a crazy, maybe childhood dream. Mm. What do you say to that person who's been so caught up 
in just settling for the status quo, tolerating life, survival mode, simply mm. because they just, they don't feel like they've been granted that permission within themselves. What do you want to say to that person today? That's a lot. Um, I think I'm going to ask, um, I'd ask a couple of questions. So I think one of the questions that I would ask is, um, who are you right now? <laughs> it always seems to boil down to that one question. Yes. And you right. hit the nail think, on the head. Right. Who are you right now? I think that's one question. And then the next question is, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Exactly. Um, and then from there, I think we've got, we've got something good in our hands. Once we get like some good answers to those two things. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So, um, and then, if it's a matter of like, because permission always usually comes from a, a place of authority, yep. right? So it's this, um, can I take more responsibility? You go ask for a boss if you can take more responsibility, right? Um, if, you know, can I pursue another career would be like a family you know, instead of asking your family's blessing, you would go to them and ask for their permission. Well, what if they say, no, you're going to stay stuck there? Well, exactly. Especially for the child or the now adult who's grown up with, you're going to be a doctor because I was a doctor, your grandparents were doctors, you're therefore going to be a doctor. Right. So I think my, again, question to them is, says who? So we got to put like the identities of those people who this person is asking permission from, like, who are these people? Right. You know, and do they matter and how do they matter? Right. Um, you know, and I, I, I think it's, it's such a deep seated thing for us because, um, we live in culture and the irony of it is we make up culture. So whether we like it or not, we are living these norms and we are following some sort of status quo because mm -hmm. that's what, that's what culture is. We, we yeah. take part in it. We contribute in it. And the same thing as well is that it makes us. That's right. That's exactly um, right. You know, so I, I think that it's one of those, it's really one of those things where you have to take a step back and say, what am I taking a part in? Who am I in this process? Yeah. And, what, what kind of difference do I have to make? Yeah. Because going counterculture is never easy and it's not advisable. Because yeah. um, you're just literally setting yourself up for setback and uncertainty and heartbreak. Right. But it is one of the most beautiful things yeah. when you get up and you say, I'm going to swim upstream. Yeah, I love that. If this podcast has impacted you and the conversations we are having resonate with you, we need your support to keep doing what we're doing. When you support us on Patreon, you will gain access to an exclusive community and safe space where you can connect with Delaney and other under the ruggers like yourself. You'll also be able to contribute your thoughts, stories, experiences, and ideas as we grow together. Visit patreon.com forward slash Delaney Tranquil. So it's one thing to 
go to be purposefully hard on yourself or to make it harder on yourself than it has to be. I think that's one thing. Like, um, you gotta be, you, you have to have some wisdom to know that I am going to go against the grain this way, but I'm going to set up my environment in such a way where it's easy to take on the discipline. Yeah. The decisions that I've made are set up nicely around me. There are people yeah. who will support me in this. And that's very important, 100%. Very, very important. So, um, so yeah. So, yes, you can go against the grain. Yes, you can absolutely swim upstream. No, you don't need anybody's permission. Yeah. But you have to practice some wisdom in doing it. Absolutely. You're almost asking for, you're asking for it to be a little harder than it has to be. Yes, absolutely. But the rewards outweigh the risk. Always. 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 Yeah. Always. Yeah. 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 Um, I know for some people, they're going to be watching this and they're going to say, yeah, but Patty, the people who um, I'm seeking the permission from are the people that I had to seek permission from my whole childhood. And quite often that is a parental figure, right? A a guardian or a mum or a dad. And so to just you know, say, well, do they really matter? Yes, they, they matter because their words carry weight. But I have to say this. My dad said this one line to me when I left home and I was 18 years old, jumped on an airplane to London from Africa, which was completely out there. Um, but this one line he said to me has stuck with me throughout. And it was, Nalini, when you leave home, you take the best of what mom and dad brought to the table Mm -hmm. and you leave the crap. And that for me, I felt like in a way gave me that permission to choose and to Mm -hmm. make those decisions for myself. And so I just want to say that I think to those of you who maybe are waiting for permission, you never got it from mom and dad or from your guardian, take the best of them, leave the worst of them and Mm -hmm. forge your own path. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, there is actually a, um, I believe this, that um, our parents um, are two of the most people or the one person um, who loves us no matter what. Um, That is something intrinsic. That is something biological. That's not something that people make up. You know, the... um, the majority, the 99% of it is that your maternal or paternal um, relationship is the one that will love you no matter what. Yeah, agree. Um, however, they are human. Yeah, that's right. And your parents can love you in a way that is unfathomable, but they are also capable of hurting you. Mm. in a way that some people may never recover from. Yeah. And that's a tension. I don't believe that the two are mutually exclusive. Yeah. So we are, um, you know, and as much as we are a product of our culture, we are more a product of those who raised us, good, bad, or indifferent, right? Yeah. And to your dad's point, to take the best of what he's given you and to leave behind what he fell short of. Yeah. I think one of the most admirable things a parent can say. Yeah. It just, that's right. beautiful. And to admit their own shortcomings, you shortcomings, know? Right. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. 
Exactly. And, you know, and it's this thing too, that if we don't, um, if we don't practice this idea of like asking yourself, hold up, whose permission am I like, what am I waiting for? Am I waiting Mm -hmm. for permission? Am I like, and from whom and says who, you know, like that I think is enough for you to just pause and you can pause. Like pausing is allowed. It's allowed. Pausing is allowed in every way, shape or form. Yeah. And you need to be conscious about the thing that you're being faced with, whatever it is. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't like, Look, I, I truly believe this, that we live out the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. We wow. just do, you know? Yeah. And somewhere in there, the permission quotient had been added to. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, um, my mom told me that um, a girl never chases a guy. Hmm. Like, you never call a boy. You never, like, blah, blah. So my entire... And I was, like... I was the only girl. And so I think if my parents could have like kept me under lock and key, they would have, you know, but that's just like not possible. I was a little bit of a willful child. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then high school came around, you know, so it was like, it was this thing and college came around. But what's really interesting about that up to today, I will not initiate. Huh? Not, not if you give me a thousand dollars, you know, not if I thought a guy was really interesting, hmm. would never do it. Wouldn't wow. do it. And it's not that I'm waiting for permission, but it was just something that was instilled in instilled. Me. Okay. So yeah. I wonder how much of our childhood has been instilled that is still affecting that decision-making process for our tomorrow. So that might be a really good exercise for some of the audience to take is to actually just do a stock take on, okay, but where are these programmings coming from? Mm -hmm. And is it something that I want to hang on to in my tomorrow? Or is it actually time for me to let go, draw a line in the sand and start something new? You know, absolutely. Victor Frankl, who's um, one of my favorite um, Mm. psychologists and authors, um, in his book, Man's Search for Meeting, talks about living your life as if you've already lived it. Wow. So he suggests that, I mean, and he's had a horrific journey going through the Holocaust and everything that he'd lost through that. And yet, even through all of that loss, he turned it so powerfully for the benefit of others, right? He was the one who... Um, sort of gave, so he came about during Sigmund Freud's era and yeah. Freud said that we were after pleasure and Victor Frankl said, I think not. Hmm. He goes, man ultimately is after meaning and when he doesn't yeah. find meaning, he just goes and hits pleasure or something oh, like wow. that. Like he, he didn't say it wow. like the same, the same way I'm saying yeah, it, yeah. but sort of that way. And Viktor Frankl said that um, we should live our lives like we've already lived it. Hmm. So it's this practice that it's never perfect because stuff happens, you know, and we get distracted. And look, the days are long, the years are short, right? So um, it's this thing where if we just sat down for a little bit in the morning Hmm. and said, if I were to live this entire day again, what what would success look like? 
how would it be meaningful? Wow. And you'll be amazed at what would happen through all of that. And, you know, and going around sort of that one idea in terms of reflection, you can stop and like, well, if today, let's, I applied for a bank loan because mm. I need it. Yeah. You know, whose permission do I need? Darling human, thank you for joining us for this power-packed conversation. If you would like to learn more about Patricia Gamboa and her company, then you can head to workingwomansfood.com. You can also connect with her on social media, underscore Patricia Gamboa. All right, darling, I love you and your precious family to bits. Till next time, take care.